Welcome to On Mission, a podcast from the Catholic Apostolate Center. We are joined by Father Frank, Chris, Kate, and special guest Connie Polis, and we're discussing media. When I see the word media and Catholic together, uh, there's lots of things that come to mind. Social media, Twitter, Facebook, but also, of course, TV, radio, um, which are um, in many parts of the world um, still very much uh, one of the main ways in which uh, folks are are connecting with, with still those, our faith. Those paper things, you know, oh right, sure, yeah, magazines, yeah, books, you know. So I guess I guess that kind of gives us a pretty pretty good uh, pretty broad pretty broad uh, yeah. yeah. So, Connie, what's what's some of your background in? This is an interesting field to be in, kind of a sort of a niche field. Uh, and so, how did you get into this? Well, it's an interesting interesting story, actually. I majored in history in college, uh, which is a very writing heavy field, and I've always loved writing and loved history and stories in general. And um, after a couple random jobs, uh, my uncle's auto body shop. <laughs> and front desk at an ad agency, I actually ended up landing a job as a copywriter for a, um, a SaaS company, software as a service, uh, computer software. And I got to make up funny things all day to get people to take a demo mm -hmm. of a software. Mm -hmm. um, but all the time I've, I've always, um, I had this dream to use this, um, this talent, this experience for the church and when one day there was an opening at the USCCB and I jumped on it and I applied and didn't think I would hear back and I got a call the next day. <laughs> so um, I ended up in there working social media for a while. And yeah, that's pretty much how I got where I am. Yeah. So for those of you that don't know, the bishops do, in fact, have social media. Um, and I think I mean, there's actually a group, big number of clergy um, bishops, in fact, that run their own social media too, right? Yeah, including the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hashtag saints. But, you know, um, so could you talk a little bit about that and sure. like how you, um, maybe not whether or not it's a good or bad idea, but just how you've seen um, the bishops kind of connect through social media? Sure. Uh, a lot of bishops are actually on social media. Some of them run their own accounts personally. Other ones have staff that handle most of the legwork, because I, I think you could imagine a bishop gets a lot mm. of messages when they're out there on social media. And and most of them, I think, are on Twitter. Um, there are actually some one that did, uh, there's some that have done really well on Instagram, actually, Bishop Walk down in Florida. Um, yeah, a little shout out for his Instagram there. It's pretty cool. But I think it's a great thing for a bishop to be there. I think the whole idea of social media is that people are becoming more connected. Um, you know, you can send a tweet to your favorite author and, oh my goodness, they wrote back. <laughs> and you just yeah. feel so great to have that conversation with people. And especially for a bishop who, you know, whose whole vocation is to shepherd the people of God in his diocese. You know, to be accessible like that is a wonderful thing. And some of them do a wonderful job. I mean, you know, should they... Uh, I think it depends on the individual bishop as to his own schedule and ability and desire and whether or not God's calling him there. Comfortability, too, right? I mean, yeah. it, it certainly is not required, and some people are going to be better at it than others, but it sure. takes a level of comfortability. I, 
I may have an Instagram and a Twitter, but I don't have a TikTok or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, just, you know, we have to be comfortable with what we're using. Yeah, mm-hmm. for yeah. sure. There's a lot out there. Um, and I think people think about social media and say that, oh, this is a new thing for the church. You know, the church is just starting to come around to this and you know there aren't there's not a lot of um, comfort with it like you were saying Chris and really if we look back in history that's not really the case I I was doing a little bit of research today and saw that the first world communications day was started by Pope Paul VI in the 60s and he was already saying in the 60s after the second Vatican Council that we need to be using media for the Catholic Church we need to be you know, engaging with the world and using all of these different tools at our disposal um, in order to proclaim the gospel and evangelize. And so, um, you know, I think as Catholics today, it's really important to be thinking about, are we doing that with our own accounts? Social media is so prevalent. um, And, you know, we can't just rely on the wonderful witness of Pope Francis or the bishops or whoever it is, but also that we as the laity have a role on social media as well. And, and what does that look like for, for the average Catholic? And whenever any kind of new media has come out over the centuries, the church has used it mm-hmm. for evangelizing purposes. Uh, whether it's, the, whether it, it's a, a scroll and the scriptoriums of, of, of ancient monks. Right, the idea of moving from an oral tradition to the written word. To the written, yes. Yeah. And then whether the you know, movable uh, type or, or, for example, one of the first radio stations was built by you know, the creator the, the, of radio, Marconi, in the Vatican. And he, he set up their radio station, and, and one of the early broadcasts was, uh, was Pope Pius XI. So there's really a place, or, or a Fulton Sheen in early mm-hmm. television. You, know, you, have, you have these folks who are, who are there, and I think sometimes as Catholics we kind of um, think that we're, we're not quite, quite there. But you know, with, with the bishops, and certainly there's a lot of trolls on social media and people who really – you know, hide behind accounts and or even if they don't hide behind accounts, they put, you know, they have their opinion and boom, they're, they're going to put it there. And so whenever there's uh, posts there, we, we I've often thought you, you need a flak jacket um, as a as a staffer at the USCCB in order to take all the stuff that gets gets hit. So what what was it like you know, really running that social media? Sure. Well, yeah, there There are currently three people alive in the world who know what it's like to own the back end of that Facebook account. And you definitely do need that kind of protective jacket. But I think it helps to remember one, you know, and this goes for anybody who's running a parish account or any other organizational account. Remember, it's not about you. You know, they're Mm -hmm. not writing to you personally. Um, And sometimes it's hard to read things because... You know, when you work behind the scenes, you have a slightly different perspective and, you know, you see people's anger about things. And sometimes, you know, sometimes it's it's misinformed, some things that they tell you. So you have to kind of take your time and just be kind and patient and listen, but also let them know about a piece of the story they didn't hear. But in general, I think, you know, it really got probably it's most difficult, um, you know, in recent times with a lot of... Um, difficult news that's come out in the church and really in order to handle it well it it was actually at the time there were two of us working on those accounts and 
it really threw us. It was hard coming into work, just not knowing what to do. Um, but I actually, things kind of turned around. I got some advice from um, one of the priests in my life who told me every day when you get to work, before you go to your office and check that account, go to the chapel. Mm-hmm. And then at lunchtime, go to the chapel. And then before you get in your car to go home, go to the chapel. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and I think I think that's great advice for anybody working for the church in any capacity. But especially if you are running social media accounts, um, that's probably the best advice anybody could ever give you. Where did you get the inspiration to a, a f- few months ago when uh, when you started to to respond um, and and it was as as the bishop's account in a in a way that really I think threw people and uh, in a good way uh, that that was really creative and funny and really spoke to people but without without uh, maybe I would say like kind of letting a little bit of the air out of their uh, some of their, their their balloons because they had just got, gotten so wild. So what what prompted you to move in that direction? Sure. I think for a while we had been very guarded with the accounts, not knowing what to do. Um, but just before the General Assembly happened, um, two things changed. One, I had already been promoted into a, um, a position where social media was not my primary activity. So I knew my whole job wasn't resting on it. (laughs) And then also, a week before the meeting, the head of communications pulled all of us into his office and said, look, we're just going to go out there and we're going to just do our best. All bets are off. Don't try to spin the story. Not that we ever did, but don't even try. You know, just the news... If anybody said, did so and such bishop really do that? The answer is yes, he really did that. Is that terrible? Yes, it's terrible. Um, don't even worry about trying to defend anything that happened. Just go out there and do your job. So <laughs> be bold, he said. So when the opportunity ar- arose and people started to get angry, rightfully, about things, um, sins that had been committed by members of the hierarchy, and those who work for them. Um, instead of ignoring it, hiding it, we just were like, yep, yeah, it happened. We're sorry. Mm-hmm. And and that's, that's just what we did. And mm-hmm. I think that's part of it, too, in terms of the inspiration. I mean, I, I really feel, I still feel this, but I really felt during that time that, especially with all the terrible things that have happened, that the church, the body of Christ, is really hurting, really suffering, and somebody had to be there to do something to take, to help make it a little better. Like, you know, I I couldn't change anything that happened. I couldn't have any kind of, you know, I couldn't have any kind of formal impact on any of the proceedings. I did have no idea what was going to happen on the floor, what they were going to say or decide or not decide. But I could just do whatever I could, the little bit here and there, to try to help be a listening, understanding voice on behalf of the organization. A human face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And that's exactly. huge. I mean, that that level of transparency yeah. and almost vulnerability, really, on, from the church, from an, a church organization to say, that's right, and I hear you. And I think that that's something that a lot of people 
just want from from the church and and just to be heard to be seen to be accompanied i mean we're talking about a lot of these things today in the church moving forward about these themes and i think that 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 example is just a really i think that that's why it was so beneficial for a lot of people and almost like you know um what's the word cathar cathartic yeah yeah Yeah, to to hear that so um that's huge and and saying honestly you know that is wrong or whatever and and then walking with those people yeah i think that's uh, one interesting thing too i was as we first began to do this we started getting messages and people asking if the account had been hacked and when that happened there were people inside the organization who noticed what was going on and actually argued that it was a terrible idea that we should take it down stop immediately the people whose job were to make the final decision were in favor of it it kept going but um, while it started gaining traction and we started getting calls from um, media outlets about it I was a little worried that it would then lose all of its ability to help people because mm-hmm. when they knew I mean, I think if you think hard enough, you realize you'd be surprised how many people don't realize that there's not a bishop on that account, mm-hmm. um, that it's a lay person. Mm-hmm. It always has been. Mm-hmm. And I think if you think long enough about it, you realize, oh, yeah, of course, <laughs> there's no <laughs> there's no one single bishop doing that. That's that's the organization. Mm-hmm. But but a lot of so many people haven't even thought of that at all. Mm-hmm. So I think once they realized once once the curtain was moved back mm-hmm. um i i was worried that people it would stop being helpful then once they realized who was doing it and mm-hmm. that it wasn't but I, I don't think it did I, mm-hmm. I mean i think people still found it helpful I, I did kind of give myself away a little bit some people guessed that it was a female because of the mm-hmm. exclamation points <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. i use lots of exclamation points yeah, yeah. So do I. yeah. And well, you're, you're a marketer so yeah i go through my emails and like strategically have to delete me some. too like, I, oh man I, every I purposely, sentence yes i purposely check every email how many exclamation points did i use okay let's get rid of that one <laughs> just makes it seem a little no, i'm gonna be really subconscious now <laughs> send you yeah uh yeah yeah, for sure. And actually, the worst was some people were guessing that it was an intern. And oh, not okay. that, okay, there are some very smart interns who could have done that, who could have done a great job. But I'm a professional, gosh darn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And so some, of the, some of the retorts were like, they were so brilliant and so, <laughs> you know, this, you know, here, here, like, you know, meme, gif, gif, you know, boom. And like and it diffused mm-hmm. instantly diffused the 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 rancor mm-hmm. which would which there is there's so much rancor that's out there whether it's in quote unquote traditional media outlets um, certainly there's the fringe media that 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 does get a lot of attention as well even in 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 uh, mainstream Catholic circles there's there's kind of those extremes that that yeah. really are are heard and 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 do influence now but then there's also kind of the the so-called mainstream media how how does that a lot of that now has gone on to social media because they all have social media accounts what what would you say to someone in a, trying to discern where should i go what should i read mm. you know i mean not to say you know exactly what to read but what are some tips maybe that that might be helpful for somebody to discern what's really 
mainstream Catholicism and what might be, especially for people who might be returning to the faith or new to the faith? Sure. Um, well, first of all, variety is important. Um, in it, whether you're talking about Catholic news or any kind of news, you don't want to get everything from one. And we all have our favorites, but you don't want to get everything from one source because um, the news is shared and written by humans and and humans you know sometimes always have their own little flavor they put into it so you know there's that some more than others um but if you're a returning catholic or a new catholic and you're looking for you know what's real i think first you want to look you know what does it mean to be catholic if an or if an outlet is you know very much um you know not in line with the pope for example not in line with the magisterial teaching of the church you don't really want to count them as gospel um, that's kind of the number one first thing i think um there are some outlets that claim uh a, a certain catholicity who's uh and they're in places where the local bishop has told them to stop using that name. I think if you if you look at, um, you know, if you're worried about an individual outlet, I think you know maybe kind of see those things, you know, where they line up. Um, but in general, I mean, I, there also are some outlets that are you know directly more um, formally affiliated with the, with um, the institutional church. Catholic News Service for one, and actually a lot of these other outlets purchase stories from Catholic News Service, so you can They're see kind it. of like an AP mm -hmm. type of type of thing, uh, Associated Press. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when, what about you all, you know, uh, Chris, Kate, I mean, when, when you go... I get all of my news from the Catholic Apostolate <laughs> 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 very, very good. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah. No, I think that's a really good question. It's, um, and I think Connie's right. I, um, you know, you do have to discern where you want to get your information from. One of the things I had written down on my notes was, uh, how do you know when you're reading something, whether or not like it is coming from a good source, or, or, you know, um, much like I think we would discern regular media, right? Regular secular media on TV in in the paper or online. I think we have to do the same thing. Um, with specifically um, Catholic news and Catholic articles and where are they coming from, who's writing it, um, where are they getting their information from. Um, and, you know, you have to make a personal decision on, you know, how you react, how you're going to react or what you're going to read. And I think it is going to be different for everybody. Um, but there are definitely, I would say, um, much like there are in, much like there is in secular media, reason to want to get their point across in a certain way and Catholic media is not immune from that and so you have to try to find a way to um, sift through it all um, but I, I think uh, uh, number one if you are if, I think if you are looking to be informed as a Catholic uh, seek out some Catholic news sources don't expect the secular media to give you the whole story absolutely yeah yeah and I, and I came to the Catholic Apostolate Center I mean, what, four or five years ago, and my first role with the Catholic Apostolate Center was a social media coordinator. So very quickly, I mean, you're filtering through this these feeds of just abundant 
information. And so you have to very quickly start um, filtering all of these um, news sources and seeing, you know, what is credible and and what is authentic and what has a legitimate organization behind, you know, this news or this website. You know, who's running these websites and, you know, are they credible and really doing a little bit of, of research in that. And so I know at least for the Catholic Apostolate Center, we always look to these authentic church organizations that are um, connected and affiliated like we've discussed previously. Um, and that's very important to us. And also just media outlets that that are that don't have this huge spin going one way or the other. I think that we at the center have seen that it's so easy to get divided within the church and to be polarized and that that's not really the, the route that we want to take um, within the church. We hope to bring people together and to look for the true good and the beautiful that a lot of these, you know, of, of in within media. And so, um, you know, that that's given me personally a, a very discerning eye when I'm looking at news sources. So I think just one thing I wanted to say for the folks that are listening, if you are running a social media account for a parish or an organization, I think it would, I mean, our advice, it, w- it would be the same advice that we follow is to stick to the stick to the real, you know, the true source, right? Stuff coming from Vatican News or, the, you know, the, the, the Bishop's Conference. And, and if, if you're trying to get information out, right, um, without, a, without uh, any kind of persuasion, uh, just go to the source. Mm-hmm. How would you say, Connie, um, would be a way in which members of the church could use media in a positive way to proclaim the gospel? Sure. I think this is something that we actually talked a lot about um, behind the scenes, uh, me and another colleague who were working on the bishop's accounts. Social media, as has just been said, is, is can be so polarizing, can be really negative. Um, I think it's it's very important that the church use, uh, people working for the church especially, and, and ordinary, everyday Catholics, to use these accounts to evangelize. So in order to do that, I think one... Um, this is going to sound silly, but true. Let the Holy Spirit be your guide. I mean, your own, your faith journey, your relationship with the Lord, that has to inform all of it. Um, I think, you know, you just, you have to have that. In terms of what you actually do when you go out there, I think it's important to pray first, for one thing, especially if you represent an organization. Mm -hmm. And also remember, too, like, have, have boldness. Don't be afraid, because... You know, this is not, especially when it's a church organization account, it's not your account, and really it's not that organization's account. It's it's God's account. Mm-hmm. You know, if you are representing the church in some fashion, like this account belongs to the Lord. And, yes, you're going to mess up. You're going to make mistakes because you're a human. But you got to do your best to realize that that, who it belo- that is who it belongs to. You're going to put out the good news, put out just put out the message of Jesus Christ. And, you know, don't be afraid of vicious comments. You know, remember that Jesus has no Facebook account but yours. You know, we say, like, he has no hands but yours, and mm, there's all I kinds of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's true on social mm-hmm. media especially. We want to thank thank you, Connie, for being with us. So we've had Connie Polis with us, a 
an expert in Catholic media, Catholic digital media in particular. And we thank you for taking the time to be with us. And for more information about Catholic media, you can go to catholicapostolatecenter.org to our resource pages. We have a whole section on Catholic media. And Chris, could you tell us where where people can go for their podcasts and their feeds? And yeah, you can uh, subscribe to this podcast and all of our uh, and our entire feed of blogcasts and resources um, on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, do be sure to uh, leave us a five star or four point five star review <laughs> um, on your podcatcher of choice. And may the charity of Christ urge us all. <laughs> <laughs>